Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Culligan of Lincoln on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. This is the Ticket Water Cooler, and we're here to talk about Nebraska and Texas. Why? Well, because there's not much else to talk about. Also, there's a graphic that's uh, floating out there around the Internet that neither team has been too particularly good since that classic 2009 Big 12 championship game. Of course, Texas ended up winning that and going to the BCS National Championship game because they put a second back on the clock. I always uh, secretly say around here because I don't want to incite a riot. I think they probably should have put that second back on the clock, if we're being honest. But at the same time, uh, there was other parts of that game that, that mm-hmm. could have went better for Nebraska. In any case, uh, I was really hoping also if, if if Sue would have blocked that field goal, the ensuing field goal, he would have won the Heisman. It would have been over. He would have oh, just been think? like, that guy just manhandled yeah. Texas and took yeah. him out of the championship game. He should be the Heisman Trophy winner. Um, but uh, just running down this graphic here um, from uh, Fox College Football. It's Texas versus Nebraska since the Big 12 championship game. Um, Nebraska Nebraska's played 150 games. Texas played 151. Nebraska's 82 wins. Texas, 83. Each have 68 losses. The winning percentage hovering right around 55% for both of them. As far as offense goes, Nebraska since then, 30.2 points per game. Texas, 30.6. On defense, 26.2 allowed by Nebraska, 26.7 by Texas. Uh, The draft picks go Nebraska, 35 Texas 37. Uh, the recruiting, uh, the recruits go, or at least the median recruit rating. This is the big difference between Nebraska and Texas. Is Nebraska's is .869, or Texas is .906. So as far as five-star recruits go, that's 17 for Texas, not one for Nebraska. Four-star recruits goes 158 for Texas and 72 for Nebraska. Um, it's kind of well known that you know Texas, it, Texas. <laughs> being like Texas is a blue blood. A lot of people would consider that as far as, you know, historically one of the best programs ever, but it's, it's, it's like in its own category of like blue blood that should be way more of a blue blood Mm -hmm. because they're like toward the back end of it. And they, they're always just underperforming and especially in the last several years, you know, when we're talking about this time period, Mac Brown's tenure kind of ended, you know, soon after 2013, 2014, I believe, um, somewhere around there where he just wasn't living up to expectations. And it's kind of interesting. Um, you know, I, I like Sam Ellinger as much as the next guy, but a lot of this, you know, neither team has really had a great quarterback since then. And maybe that's yeah. uh, been part of it as well for both these programs. Do you see a correlation or anything coming out of that 2009 championship game, or you just see it as, is kind of coincidence that both these teams are struggling. I mean, it's, it's definitely glaring. I, I think it's crazy how similar the schools are, especially when you get the points scored points, uh, allowed number of draft picks, uh, the number of recruits, all that stuff. And it just, the, the thing that really sticks out to me most Bach is the zero five star recruits. And I understand that Nebraska, it just the situation that they're in, normally they're not going to be getting the five stars. That's not Nebraska's bread and butter. I would say historically that never really has been. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, they've right. obviously gotten five stars, they but that's not, here and there, that's but... not your brand of football. That's, that's, not what, that's not what you do on the recruiting trail. Texas has had 17. So I'm not trying to make excuses for Nebraska, but these downturns, these tougher seasons they happen and if you look at it your average recruiting ranking is 0.87 now I don't know if that's 
maybe Nebraska needs to recruit better, or if it's the fact that historically, if you recruit like that, there are going to be down seasons, especially when you have a younger team, especially when you have, I mean, that's the average. So sometimes you're going to have better recruits, sometimes you're going to have worse recruits. But how do you interpret this? It's, is there some type of curse on this 2009 Big 12 championship game? Because this is honestly mind-blowing. And like you said, without the Sam Ellinger, I believe it was the Sugar Bowl, these teams haven't really had one season that sticks out. I know you mentioned, what was it, 2010 with yeah, Taylor the, Martinez? Yeah, the really next year with Nebraska was probably the best team since then um, where they went 10-4. and four. They also went 10-4 and four in 2012. For what it's worth, Texas has only been 10-4 and four once since then, which was, uh, like you said, the Sugar Bowl. You, because they went to the Sugar Bowl and finished highly, you know, more highly ranked than uh, any team that Nebraska had since then, you could say that was their best season, but same record. Um, conference champs, though, I believe that year as well. So um, I guess Nebraska would probably like that mm-hmm. as well. So what's the what? Do you, how do you interpret this? Because I don't really know. It's just when I first they were not saw conference it, champs, by the way. Oklahoma was. I forgot that. Oh wow! Uh, when I first saw it, it just blew my mind that. These both these teams, which you said are blue bloods, I'd probably agree with that, have had so little success since 2009. And it's not even because some of these schools you have to look at that haven't had success, they're still pumping out draft picks, they're still getting five stars for Nebraska, and now Texas too. I don't even think last year they had a or this past draft class they had a draft pick. Right. That's insane to me, and I, and I don't know who is to blame for it. But that that should never happen at a blue blood school ever. Yeah, I, I mean the, the only I guess the problem I have with a graphic like this, even though they're like extremely close, and that's kind of the the kind of alarming or surprising thing is all these numbers are close. Is that Texas and Nebraska don't have a whole lot in common? I mean, there's the there's the blue blood thing. They played the Big Twelve together for a while. Other than that, they're completely different approaches to the I mean, game. historically good schools, right? Uh, I'm just saying, like the Texas has. Texas has every every advantage that you could possibly ask is at the University of Texas. Nebraska, historically, is an outlier, somehow a Midwest team that has become a, a, a dominant team in college football at times. Um, I guess the, the similarity here would be that they've shuffled through coaches and just haven't found the right coach. And that's what I always say is whether it's Nebraska or Texas, some people are like, well, there's too much change, there's too much turnover, how can the kids... If you don't have the right guy and you know it, don't stick with him just because you think there's too much change. Texas has, has gone through it, and they're still trying to find that next guy. Yeah. You could argue that maybe they could have kept ter- Tom Herman around, but since that, that championship game, again, Mac Brown went up until 2013. He was going 8-5 and five and 9-4 and four his final three years there. Charlie Strong took over for three years, never had a winning season. Tom Herman uh, took over for three or four years. Um, always, you know, always had a winning season, but it was 7-6, and 10-4, and 8-5, and 7-3 by the time he got fired. So it was not, uh, you know, it was not overwhelming. Um, and then they started off with Steve Sarkeesian. And part of it to me is um, who is Texas hiring and is it overwhelming? I thought Tom Herman was a great hire, similar to Scott Frost. Like he's the top name on the market. market. Charlie Strong was a pretty strong hire. Probably not not the strongest at the time, but a solid hire um, for when they got him, and that didn't turn out. Steve Sarkeesian, I just don't I don't buy it. That one's a bit of a head scratch, and that's for me. that's what I'm thinking with USC because I've said for years, as long as they they, they like had. 
patience uh, with Clay Helton. They're like, well, yeah, it's not working, but we'll try another. And it's like, you're USC. If you get the right, yeah. you can be so dominant. And that's why Lincoln Riley is huge over there. Um, and that's a similar thing I feel about Texas. When Texas announced Steve Sarkeesian was hired, I said, whew. Well, I guess they'll be looking for somebody else in three to four years again. Yeah. I mean, he went to the Nick Saban rehab school and, and helped that out. But how often has that worked? And we've already seen Star- Steve Sarkeesian at a USC. Like, I, he's already had all the advantages, and that didn't work out. It was it was okay but when he was there at times. And then, you know, he had his own struggles. But I just I, – I don't, I don't think that they're – Following the right path, right? There. I, I agree with you, but do you think there's something to be said that it's more difficult to get these guys now? Because, like you said, Texas and Nebraska aren't what they used to be. That's not the that's not the destination anymore. In the '90s, yeah, you would do anything to coach in Nebraska because it's a well-oiled machine, and you're going to get a lot of credit for teams being successful. But that's not the case anymore. At this point. If you go to a Texas or Nebraska, you're the one that's looked on to turn it around. And to your yeah. point, if you don't, you're gone in three or four seasons. So that that's the one argument that I do like for them having patience with Scott Frost is that when does it stop becoming a revolving door? And at what point do you get someone that's a better hire than Scott Frost? Yes, it hasn't worked out, but it was the home run hire. And and I know everyone hates the argument, oh, you can't you I hate the argument you can't get someone better. Can you? Like, like, let's let's look at the job at Nebraska right now as it currently stands. Is that a school that a top-tier coach would want to coach at? Probably not. not. Probably not a top coach on the market similar to Frost was. But, I mean, in that, in that grouping that he was hired with, are there plenty of guys that could have come in here and done a better job so far than Scott Frost? Like, I mean, I think so. Year in, year out, you could, you could do it. You might not have the ceiling that you were hoping with Scott Frost. Right. Um, but could you have a solid record? I think so. It's just it's fascinating the way that the, you know the different schools kind of approach this stuff. I mean, you specifically think of Florida. I think Florida's had um, their last three coaches all win the SEC East, and they're not you know at, at times, and they get rid of them. Yeah, Muschamp, McElwain, and Mullen all have won the SEC East, and you know <laughs> Nebraska would be lucky to sniff the Big Ten West at this point. Hasn't you know haven't won the division since 2012. So it's very interesting. Let's head to Froff here on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline four two four six four five six eight five. Froff, how are you doing today? I was doing fantastic. I'm leaving work early. Just you know, nice. can't complain. Nice. And then I heard the, well, you know, who else are we gonna get? Talk and boys. You just you just set me off. I'll tell you why. <laughs> I knew someone was gonna like that. I I mean I wasn't even in t- I was saying hey, fifteen minute drive home, not gonna get riled up. You guys got me riled up. <laughs> oh. What what uh, what riles you up so much about that? For what it's worth, Nate thinks that I did. Not myself. And I know that people hate that argument, but I think there's something to be said for the current state of Nebraska football and what coach you're gonna get. No, I, I mean, I agree with you to, to an extent. I mean, we're all younger fellows, right? So we didn't get the, the steamroll in, you know, the good old days. I just My issue is that I just there's, there's just an apathy setting in with me. I, I've seen the same thing. You know, there's a, the insanity's definition is trying the same thing over and over again and, you know, expecting a different result. And at some point, I just have enough questions with talent acquisition, with in-game coaching strategies, uh, with the fact that special teams was only a focus in year four. There's just enough red flags, you know, that uh, if this was a stake, I would send it back. You know, yeah. <laughs> I don't think you send out a, lamb, a 
you know, clam chowder for all I care. But I'm, I gotta try something else. I'm not gonna keep ordering the same raw, you know, medium rare steak and it keep coming back bone dry or whatever. All right, yeah. that's just my thought. Have a good rest of your afternoon, guys. Yeah, you too. Yeah, thanks yeah. for the call. Um, See, he's not even he's not even ordering a steak, so he's not <laughs> expecting the A plus right. off season hire if they get it. Um, just he, somebody with with upside. But here's the thing, though, is there's no doubt in my mind that you can get someone that isn't Scott Frost that can win eight or nine games. Bo Pelini proved that. You can get someone to do it, but wasn't the whole point of getting rid of Bo Pelini the fact that eight or nine wins isn't the standard anymore? Not necessarily that it was the blowout losses in the big games. It was like hopeless. But then Scott Frost the hasn't been games. doing that. Look, I understand three games isn't acceptable, especially at yeah, a school he's got like his Nebraska. Own and, and he has his own problems, but at least you're competitive in those games. Michigan went to the freaking college football playoff for crying out loud and if it wasn't for a fumble in the fourth quarter Nebraska probably would have won the game Ohio State was playing in the Rose Bowl and if it wasn't for a missed field goal in the fourth quarter shocker they probably win that game too so yes Scott Frost has his issues the win-loss record alone is a, is a glaring weakness but if your issue with Bo Pelini is that the eight and nine seasons weren't up to standard, and you're getting blown out by teams that are going to the playoff, that are going to New Year's Six Bowls. Who are you going to get that's going to change that? Like you said, the ceiling for Scott Frost is pretty high. The floor is also pretty low. So I just, that's my only confusion. (laughs) The floor has been pretty low, And it's about as low as it can get, but that's my confusion is, you, you start from scratch and get this eight or nine win football coach, you're right back to where you were before. What's changed? Uh yeah, I mean I, I just I, I don't I don't think that they're that you should um I don't I don't think you should think that Popolini um was the best that Nebraska could ever get because he hasn't been, but he but he was solid. Um but I don't think that people are calling back for those times. Now I think to a degree you are since what you've had since then hasn't lived up to that. But there's only so much like being competitive and losing games can can do for you, especially when I, I the the part that, that's I guess the Biggest indictment on Frost throughout it is, to me, like, maybe the talent's getting better. Maybe this year they'll prove that, you know, completely wrong to me. But I think last year's team was the most talented team that he's had. I would agree with that. And that Nebraska's had since the Polini days. I would agree with that. And I think that, you know, I'm not saying in every instance, right, because the the coaches and, I mean, but it all falls back on Frost for one thing. But the other thing is, like Frost said, the the in game coaching, the the lack of I, discipline, and, 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 and maybe that the the lack of discipline uh, it falls on the players. But four years in, at some point, the discipline's got to right. get better. And I agree with that. And I, I think those are great points. And I and look, Frost. So my I point don't... is, last year's team could have very well. I mean, with the coaching staff worth their salt, would have won at least seven games. And I understand that. And Frost, I hope you're listening because I, I I understand the points that you're making, and I agree to an extent. But let me ask you this, Bach. Also, Texter says, if Scott can't fix it, no one can. Nobody's going to come here after that. <laughs> yeah. He's smart. He went to Stanford. Give him a chance. Again, you, <laughs> the thing is, do you what coach is going to come to Nebraska? But if you had the coaching staff that you have this year and Casey Thompson, do you have a different outcome? Do you have – because we, we can blame Adrian for a few of those losses. We can blame the special teams for a few of those losses. I know Scott Frost is the head coach, and he's the one that's going to take the blame. That's how it works. I understand that. But let's put some of the blame on other people. I don't think it's all Frost. I really don't. But it all comes back down on Frost, especially when you're talking about making it a, does. a change. But 
I think a lot of it is on Frost, and that's why he's, he's this gotta year have to prove it. is going to tell us a lot. Yeah, it's going to tell us a lot because <laughs> there's no more excuses. You've had every excuse in the book. You don't get one anymore. <laughs> you don't. God. Thank God. Can I can I hold that too? Or when I hear the excuses coming out again this season, no, I'll you, hold you that can clip too. it, Bach. Yeah. You can go clip Let's that. Let's clip that one. There, no yeah. more excuses. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll go back on uh, another very interesting year in Nebraska football history lessons with Bach coming up next to 2003 Husker football team. We'll talk about that coming up next year on the Ticket Water Cooler 93.7 The Ticket.